with a look back over the weekend sport action. This is Full Time on KCLR. Yes, and a very good evening and welcome to Full Time with myself, Martin Quilty, on this bank holiday Monday in February. You're all very welcome into the show and we have an unbelievably busy show for you this evening. We will look back on all of Carlo's action in the hurling and the football later on with Willie Quinlan and Terence Kelly, respectively. We will also have the great Oshin Langan, who was in Corrigan Park in Antrim on later on in part four. But first... We we have a very special guest in studio and last Friday, uh, Elena Byrne, who is from the Dunamagan Ladies Football Club, was one of 11 President's Awards that were made on a provincial and code basis as well as Gaelga Educational and International Awards. And Elena is here joining me in studio. Elena, good evening and welcome. Thanks very much for having me. Just in, pull that microphone into you yeah. there now a little fraction and we'll be able to hear you. So you must be very, very proud. A President's Award, you got to go to Crow Park last Friday evening. Big ceremony. Tell us all about it. Yes, yeah, so um, I was absolutely honoured to be um, a recipient of one of the Larry McCarthy's GA Presence Awards this year. So I, I got a letter back in November from Larry outlining that I'd been picked for um, my, my volunteerism, my prolonged service to the Code of Ladies F- Football here in Kilkenny. And um absolutely thrilled to be there on Friday night with my family and my friends and members here of the, the county board here in Kilkenny and um, club members also from Dunamagan. And you know, it was televised. It was a very special, special occasion for us all. And uh, it was just like a bit of a whirlwind, really, the whole thing, very surreal. And what was nice about it, actually, though, was the the, the interview part was done a few weeks ago in Dunamagan. So a crew from Nemeton, uh, working for TG Cahar, came to Dunamagan with their, their drones and their cameras. And they did, they were there for a couple of hours and they made a, a kind of a two and a half minute then kind of a clip that they showed on the night. So at least I was able to relax on the night knowing I just had to get up the little steps on the night, collect my medal and, and sit down again. So it was it was it was a wonderful occasion. That's nearly the most nerve wracking part that you're worried about the steps that you're not going to be the only one to trip over <laughs> I know, on the night going it. up there. Um, but yeah, I've been asked one of the President's Awards and it is a fantastic ceremony and as like you say, TG Cahar uh, and Mia Hall Donal is there doing all the MC work and that uh, and it is brilliant. It's not your first award though because you were uh, previously the PRO of the year during the 2021 National Volunteer of the year awards for the LGFA as well. So you're raking up the world, Lena. Look, you don't get involved to get any credit like this. So I just, I'm, 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 I'm unbelievably honoured. And you know, I'm only getting these awards because of the great work, only being noticed because of the great work that's going on here in Kilkenny in recent years. And so, yeah, last February I was in Crow Park as well for the National LGFA Award for my work in. I took on the role of PRO, County PRO, there five years ago for Kilkenny Ladies Football, and um, you know, just things like getting a website up uh, having a, a Twitter and uh, Instagram and Facebook account getting those things going and just promoting the sport as positively as you can and so yeah it was just incredible to get another award then this year but as I said completely on the back of just the amazing family community we have here in ladies football in Kilkenny and, th- and that's the only reason I can't promote anything that's not going on I can only promote the great work that is going on and that's all I'm doing and that's thanks to the grassroots and every club here in the county 
Yeah, well, so, see, you're like myself as well because I obviously got it for the Camogie last weekend. Yeah, uh, yeah, for I the, saw that. The PRO yeah. of the year, and you only do things because, as you say, you love the sport, you want to see things, you want to promote the sport, uh, etc. And the LGFA, who are building a strong base within Kilkenny at the minute, like you're back in the uh, Lidl National Football League, back in Division Four again. Hasn't been the best of two weekends, but as it was said, Rome wasn't built in a day. These are all building blocks. So it's nice to have Kilkenny back in the, uh, the National League, um, and progressing along nicely. And it might take a couple of years to, uh, to be back up, maybe competing like we were in the Junior All Ireland back in, was it 2009? 2007. Uh, was it 2007? Is yeah. gone that back that far? Yeah. It is. <laughs> but, um, he must yeah. be delighted to be back in the National League though as well. And Absolutely. seeing Kilkenny's name up in lights on the fixtures every weekend. Yeah. And that, that the success for us, for that adult team is just actually having a panel of committed girls who are going to just field a team for us this year. I mean, uh, you have to think where we've come from back in 2019 when it fell apart for us. You know, uh, we just, we didn't have the panel. I mean, there was one morning when with the, there was a bus in Woody's Clark car park heading off for a National League fixture with, with eight or nine girls, women on that bus. You know, that's where we're coming from. So people have to understand we're not about the score lines here at all in these first few matches. We're about fielding getting a panel of 20 plus women who are going to commit to this for a few years and you know what isn't it just fantastic I mean these the, the manager John Gorey I mean he hasn't gone into this blindsided and they know they knew exactly what they're coming up against in these matches and the, the girls knew exactly and isn't that fantastic like I mean they're That's brilliant. they're trailblazing for the county they're, they know they know the bigger picture you know they're putting it in now they're going out getting those hammerings and it's tough but they're doing it because they're, you know, they're making history for the county. They're getting us back in the National League. And that's the first foremost success for us is actually just fulfilling the fixtures this year and building that cohort of players that will be there and have a longevity, hopefully, to the team now going forward. I suppose forward. looking at the, the photographs, they're a very young team as well. So they're resilient, you know, so they can see the, the future and the, the bigger picture that this is a project, you know, mm-hmm. that you're starting from the bottom, you're working your way up. And eventually, who knows, you work your way up through the grades and at one day, maybe, uh, you know, not in the too distant future that we could be competing for Division 2, Division 3, National League titles and then progressing to uh, maybe an All-Ireland series at some stage. Exactly, you never know. And for now, look, as I said, success is just fulfilling the fixtures. But you never know, even having maybe one competitive game this year would be a huge bonus also. And that's, you know, that's it's it's something that could be achieved maybe when you're th- looking maybe forward to June in the championship. I mean, the, the girls at the moment, they don't have an awful lot of training sessions behind them. So come June, it could be a completely different story, you know. Well, we've had the two L's out of the way, Limerick and Leitrim. So <laughs> yeah. who have we next up? It's Derry next. Oh God, um, it don't get any easier, do it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. But um, yeah, they are coming to us now um, next weekend, next Sunday, the 12th. It'll be here in, in, in Dunmore. But that's not too bad. At least at it's least a home. Yeah, have to travel. Exactly. <laughs> so it's in Dunmore at what time? It'll be on at half 12 next Sunday. Okay, and can people just turn up and pay yeah, on the day look, to we'll, get in? We'll, we'll share a link beforehand. You can pay online or you can just turn up. We'll have people on the gates, absolutely. And you can just turn up on the day. All welcome. And obviously you are still the PRO of the LGFA as well. So promotion of the sport, you obviously have a passion for it. So any tweets that goes up during the day, you're the lady that's behind them all and 
everything that goes up on the social media aspect. How did you actually get involved in it? Or was it just one of these things that you were pushed into the role <laughs> because no one else wanted to do it? Well, um, I got involved first in my club, Dunamag, and um, I, I'm a co-founder of the club. So we set it up um, eight, nine years ago now, uh, a group of six or seven of us. Actually, it's the hurling club in, in Dunamag and approached us and they wanted to set up a ladies section for the hurling club. And uh, originally they were kind of like, oh, we'll just set up, you know, an under 14 squad, see how it goes. But we didn't take that approach from the start. We actually set it up from under sixes right up to Gaelic for mothers and others for the adults. And um, we now ha- are the largest ladies Gaelic football club in Kilkenny and we actually have more members than the, the hurling club because we're put, we've over That's 200 members. I know, yeah. But it's because of the hurling club it's that success. Be, be honest there, the, you know, there's never been an issue with using facilities, the grounds, anything we need and which, look, it's the same families across the both codes anyway so um, it's huge, huge community support there um, in the area like uh, from the get-go. Everyone has just been amazing in Dunamagan and that's how I got involved first so it was with, with the club for, uh, first and foremost and um, after a few years of doing the PRO there and the coaching development officer uh, I was approached then by someone on the county board and asked to try and just help in any aspect so I took on the PRO role there as well. Well, you can see it, your personality, you're so bubbly, you're smiling away. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? We can see that you have a passion for the LGFA and you obviously love it. Congratulations on the award. It's great to get the President's Award as well. No doubt that we'll be keeping an eye on all of the ladies football fixtures throughout the year. Um, and you never know, sure, we might be able to get you back in after a couple of Mondays and see how the progress is going and give us a, a rundown yeah, and a report absolutely. on the future for the LGFA team with Kilkenny. Thank you very much. Perfect. Brilliant. I really enjoyed that. That was Elena Byrne, who received the President Award last Friday from the President himself, Larry McCarthy of the GAA. When we come back after this short break, I will be chatting to Willie Quinlan all things about Carlo football and on the very good progress that they are making in the National League this year. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back very soon. Full-time on KCLOR, with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, lahartzvolkswagen.ie. Yes, and you're very welcome back into full-time here with myself on this bank holiday. Don't forget that the Dinner Ready's text line is available on either text or WhatsApp on 083 306 9696, or you can get us at email, uh, which is sport at kclr96fm.com. Now, I am delighted to be joined once again on the phone line by the man himself and knows all things Carlo football and that is the great Willie Quinlan. Good evening Willie, how are you this evening? Evening Martin, very good and yourself? Can't complain at all now, really enjoying this bank holiday weekend and no doubt you're after enjoying the weekend as well. A great run of games for Carlo. They drew with Wicklow in the first round of the National League and they travelled to Carrigan in wintry conditions last Saturday but they came away with a very impressive win. Tell us all about it Willie. Yeah, very impressive. Um, I suppose the two points is the most important thing. Um, got off to a good start with a, a great point by Jordan Morrissey and uh, pushed on. Kind of well for set in the game, but more more to to freeze. Really, they had I think out of ten scores, they, they, they kicked eight of them from freeze. Uh, Carlo were really impressive. Uh, worked the ball really well. Got some great balls into uh, Dara Foley who set up uh, Niall Hickey with the goal and he, he in turn got a goal and a point from the middle of the field but you know they worked really hard they showed pace they showed power again we talk about their half back line and their half forward line the, the work that they do going up and down the field and uh, the big man in, in full forward Dara Foley we interviewed him after the game and he kind of has a free role 
Colin himself, he comes out and goes back in, but he's really enjoying his year with the, the younger guys that have come into the team. And uh, he said that they're the legs of the team, and he's probably the, the, the brains of the, the whole setup. But it's working really well. They seem to be playing for each other, and uh, um, two points on the board, three three in, in two games, and it's you know tough one for them in, in two weeks' time against Leash at home. But um, should have confidence from last Saturday night after getting another two points, Mark. The last day that I was talking to you, we were on about negatives, I suppose, with Carlo football um, at the minute and trying to keep 15 players on the field. But there was lots and lots of positives, like 10 wide the week before against Wicklow, only two against Waterford, kept the 15 men on the pitch. But you did notice with Robbie as well at the weekend that the free count, especially in the red or the scoring zones, was very high. And maybe that's the one of the negatives that came out of the weekend, but there were certainly a lot of positives. Yeah, definitely, and that that is the, the only negative. And I'm looking at uh, Leash playing yesterday against Wexford, and lots of their of their points came from frees from Paul Kingston and Mark Barry, and that's something that they have two very good free takers. So something they're going to have to look at for in in two weeks' time. Do not give give away uh, free inside the scoring zone because if you do, it's you know it's, it kills the team really. You work so hard. Get back so and and a lot of them are lazy. Freeze their hands in, little pull and pull of the arms, little tug of the jersey. Uh, they're they're simple little freeze to be given away, but you give away a score every time when it's in the scoring zone. So you know, lots of positive. That that's I wouldn't say it's a negative because they're working so hard to to get back and behind it, and that's the pace and the power that they have when the ball is turned over. You could see Water trying to get up the field, but Carlo had men right back, you know, at, at all times they're able to get them in, in behind and when they do turn it over themselves, they work it so quickly they're able to get it up the field really, really quickly. So, uh, very positive, you know, in, in the first two games in the National League but still nothing to be getting carried away about. Uh, I mean, I know it's, it's only two games in, we have three points. Uh, we've three big games coming up with our uh, Leash, Sligo and um, London away. Or Leach, Leach, Leitrim, I think, and London away. So they're they're going to be three very big games for Carlo. If they can get even four points out of six, it would be uh, brilliant for them. I think this time last year we were saying that they've got three points in the league overall. So we have reached that point at the minute. So that's very positive. But uh, lots, lots to work on. And a couple of players coming back. I know Daryl Bryan is supposed to be coming back. And uh, Shane Clark is meant to be coming back as well. So they're, they're two players with huge experience over the last couple of years and they'll be looking to, to get into the scene as well because um, it is a young team. Uh, Dara would be around 27, 28, uh, possibly 29 this year and a uh, huge amount of experience. Shane Clark, the same, lots of experience around a long time but very very young young guys around and uh, you know, really looking forward to the next game at two weeks time, Martin. Well, I know Niall alluded to it last week as well about trying to get all of his players back onto the pitch and the sooner he has them, the better. But one player that was on the field at the weekend and he was getting a crucial score as well was Niall Hickey who got the goal in the second half which proved crucial for Carlo's win as they did win out on a 1-11 to 10 points. So um, a good prospect there, Willie, and a, a good young fella and to get a goal it'll certainly do his confidence the world of good as well going into those games that you talked about. Yeah, without a doubt. And the game plan, you can see what they're looking to hit their Foley as early as they can try to isolate him. And you can see the runners coming off from Jordan Morrissey is trying to get up the field. He's playing centre-back and he's trying to get up the field as, as much as he can. The great thing about it is he's given lots of these younger guys free roles and, uh, to advance into a scoring area where 
they're not totally defending, defending, defending because you can really get caught up in, in defending all the time and uh, it find it very difficult to get up the score up the field and get the scores and that's the way Waterford were. Waterford had fourteen behind the ball, they left one inside and they did try long balls into him but Carlo just swamped him just uh, two two players around him and took the ball off him and but in fairness to on the at the other end, Carlo are looking to get as many players in the scoring area as they possibly can to support the likes of Dara and Connor Crowley. Uh, Colm Holton ended up corner forward as well I think he came on as a sub and scored a good point too so um, their game plan seems to be working they're defending when they need to defend but when they're going forward uh, the transition from defence into attack is is very very pacey very very quick and uh, very direct and they're getting lots of the scores at that that. so um, everything working for them at at the minute it's it's, uh, as I said a long way to go for for, to get promoted out of Division 4 but it's still very positive compared to the last couple of years, Martin. Yeah, well, there's eight teams in the Division 4, as people might know, and Carlo are sitting nicely uh, third place in the table behind Leitrim and Leash, who are sitting top with two wins from two with four points apiece, and, or four points apiece, I should say. And as Willie has alluded to already, it is going to be Leash in two weeks' time. And that game is in Netwatch, Cullen Park. Willie, I was listening to some of the commentary with yourself and Brendan uh, in the car at the weekend, and it seemed that there was a good crowd after travelling from Carlo down as well, and there was a good crowd in Netwatch watch Colin Park the first day that they played Wicklow so there seems to be a bit of a buzz around and a bit of a following now starting to come with the footballers and a big crowd against Leash in Netwatch Colin Park in two weeks time would certainly do the footballers no harm at all and would probably give them a, a good boost going into that match as well Yeah definitely and and uh, we alluded to that in the first game I think it was the biggest crowd for the first round of the National League in Netwatch Colin Park that I've seen in a long long time and Dara Foley actually spoke about it after the game he said the, the crowd, the buzz that you kind of, kind of feed off it and it really got them going when they were three points down against Wicklow with a man down and next minute they got a couple of scores and you could feel the crowd just lifting them and he said that's uh, it's like a 16 man and uh, we definitely need a, a 16 man in, in two weeks time we need as much support as we can get behind Niall and, and, and these guys and be positive I mean it's not it's not easy we are realistic in fairness we, we do know where we are and, and uh you know where where we can go to. So we're not looking at winning all Ireland, but every every little win for Carlos like their own little all Ireland. And um, you know it, it's all about being positive to these guys and show them uh, a great deal of support, what which they deserve as any intercounty player uh, deserves. So the work that's put in is much work put in it in uh, Division Four as it in, is Division One. So we need to just be patient with these guys and and stay supporting them and hopefully they they'll bear the fruits of that and. You know, this year at the end of this league, and if not this year, we'll come back next year and stay supporting them. And that's that's what it's all about, Mark. And as you said, small steps at a time. I mean, Leitrim seems to be the the one that's going to be at the top of the minute, and they're scoring goals for fun. Um, Leash, you know, they're they're certainly there for the taking, uh, Willie. And it won't be an easy game, but if they could get over Leash, they're certainly going a, a good way about getting promotion out of Division Four. How important is it for Carlo and for the footballers? as you say, maybe not this year, but to get out of Division 4 within the next two years and to progress football within the county? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely important. If you can get into Division 3 and you know hold that status, we, we did a couple of years ago, got into Division 3, but ended up coming back down the following year. It's all about uh, being consistent, you know, holding your status in Division 3 for a couple of years and just building on it. There's lots of young lads come, coming along after this and if they could see, you know, uh, Carlo getting out of Division 4, getting a good run in, in the championship and 
you know, the Talchin Cup is, is a new cup last year. It was brilliant uh, for, for the weaker counties as well. I think that could be a big bonus for to look at maybe this year and, and, and next year. It's just about staying building a uh, really young team. Being patient. Uh, Niall alluded to a, a lot of young lads coming in, but lots of them are not patient enough to wait the two or three years because it is a big jump up. The strength and conditioning is huge. The pace of the game is uh, a, a huge step up as well from coming from a senior club or even an intermediate club where you're after being playing so it's patience you know uh, with your supporters patience with us and I suppose patience with the players that are looking to make the breakthrough as well and uh, it, it is very important that we look to push on and uh, get out of Division 4 it mightn't be this year but even if it's, it takes another year or two but that should be the plan in the next couple of years Martin well, fingers crossed, Willie, and no doubt you'll be there right along following him as well. Uh, the next game, as we said, is Carlo's home game against Leash on February the 19th. It has a throw-in time of 2 o'clock in Netwatch, Cullen Park, and it will be live here with ourselves on KCLR. Willie Quinlan, as always, my thanks for joining me on Full Time here this evening. No doubt we'll be chatting to you in future Mondays, especially after the Leash game as well, and hopefully we can be talking about another victory over Leash in that game. Hopefully, Martin. Thank you very much. Perfect. Good man. That was Willie Quinlan, former Carlo footballer. Of course, having a chat, he was on co-coms there with Carlo's victory over Waterford the weekend. And we'll be staying with Carlo because I have a short break to take. But when we come back after it, we are going to be talking to Terence Kelly about Carlo's opener against Kildare in the Alliance Division 2A Hurling League. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back shortly. Looking back over the weekend action, full time on KCLOR with Martin Quilty. Yes, welcome back into full time here on this Monday on the bank holiday, the very first St. Bridget's bank holiday going forward as well. We're going to be here and right now. A man that's going to be joining me to talk about Carlo's poor start to their uh, Alliance Division 2A Hurling League is a great man himself, and that is Terence Kelly. Terence, good evening to you. How are you, Martin? How are you? I am not bad at all. Know yourself? Definitely a little disappointed after yesterday, obviously, like uh, after Saturday, you know, but, you know, they were, they were, they were badly beaten, 25 points to 11, but when you hear the story, you know, you'd probably understand the reason why from that car team that went up last year to Tullamore and gave off the five points beaten, uh, went up to Antrim and came away with uh, with one pint of feet. They were missing uh, nine players. Michael Lyle, cornerback, Dean Reborn, centre-back, Jack Kevin, Marty Kevin, Chris Nolan, Conor Kehoe, James Dyle, and two have retired, Eddie Bourne and David English. And another player, Sean Whelan, has emigrated. But, you know, as I said, that it was difficult to fill, uh, to fill up all those spaces. The young lads tried their utmost, but Kildare were coming back from, um, you know, after winning 10 games on the trust before last Saturday and this and their tails are up and they're going really, really well. And, you know, David Hersey hasn't flying, but you have to be disappointed in a way. But when you look at, you know, the things that went wrong, you know, you have, you know, you kind of have to understand like it was, it, it was a difficult day for Carlo Hurling. It certainly was, and it wasn't made any easier either when Richard Cody had to go off injured as well. I mean, he's one of the tallyest men that has been there for Carlo for many a year. So if anything was going to go wrong, as you said, with all the players that is injured or emigrated or retired, and then you have players going off that's uh, injured in the game as well, it certainly doesn't help things. But where do Carlo go from here, Willie? I mean, can they bounce back after that defeat by Kildare? Well, listen, uh, as, as well as Richard Cody going off, Kieran Wheel and that centre forward, Kieran has been plagued with injuries for the past couple of years. And Kieran had limped off with a hamstring after about 15 minutes. And 
you know, Richard Corden, Richard Corden went off early in the second half, like with a grain strain. But where does it lead? Listen, it's a matter of trying to get back some of the players. But the two, <clears throat> the two players that went off yesterday, it's unlikely that they would feature uh, next Sunday, like you know, like we have some, you know, some younger players. There's a couple of the players almost back, I'm told, and uh, you know, but you know, but you have to, you just have to, you know, you have to cut the clock according to measure and. Uh, you know, it won't be the strongest team in the world next Sunday, but hopefully like, we'll have a few of the players back. And talk about going from the pot into the kettle and all that, Willie. It doesn't get any easier as well with an away trip to Kerry down in Austin Stack Park as well on Sunday at 2 o'clock. So uh, I suppose if you were to get two of the, the heavyweights, as we say, of the Division 2A, they came one after the other. So it's not going to get easier for the poor young fellas. Well, that's true. Like you know, well that yeah, and they're home then in two weeks' time after that they're playing down in Carlo. They're away then to Offaly in Tullamore, and the last game is against Derry in Carlo. But Kerry had a big victory yesterday over Derry. I think they won by about fourteen points. So listen, it's not going to be easy. We're really, really unlucky with so many players being out at the present time. And uh, you know, as I said, if they beat next Sunday, and you know, the chances are. It won't be, you know, the chances are like are not great. You know, we have such a depleted outfit, but you know, you have to kind of turn maybe towards uh, towards Joe Mac, and uh, you know, have we if we can get most of that team back, there'll be very little in between uh, Carlo and Kildare in the first round. Would it be the biggest thing ever if you say they're rebuilding um, and gaining momentum with young fellas and building a project like for the next couple of years? Would it be the worst thing in the world if they were relegated down to Division 3 or is it vitally important for these young fellas' prospects and career ambitions as well that they try and stay in Division 2A? Oh, listen, listen, nobody wants to go down. Oh, God, Martin, nobody wants to go down. As I said that, you know, I'd say no inter-county team in, the, in Ireland like, is after losing, we we'll say, uh, eight first-team players as well as uh, three of them, two of them retired and like, like, one gone to America. Like, you know, like those things don't really happen. Like the conveyor belt in Carlo wouldn't be as, as crowded as the one in Kilkenny. But nevertheless, you know, we have a couple of young chaps that have come in on the scene. Now, Paddy Bowen is another very, very good hurler. He was out at the weekend. Young Fia Chris Party, like another under 20. Good chap. Like, you know, we have some young lads coming through. We had, you know, blooded a few young chaps yesterday, Jack Tracy. Jack got his point, two came in and did his best. You know, Kieran Cannell was very unlucky that he didn't get a goal. Jake Doyle got three or four chances. On another day, there would have been three or four points. You know, one of those days, nothing went right for Carlo. Like John Nolan in the half hour, and John came into the game with a bit of an ankle injury, left with a bit of an ankle injury and a finger injury. But he still got a couple of points. Like, but, you know, as I said, it's one of those days when things, you know, when things can go bad, you know, they can go really bad, but... Listen, no, I will be very, very confident that, you know, it will stay up. I have no doubt, but it will stay up. And uh, hopefully, like, we could have a big run yet in the Joe Mac. Well, it could have been a slightly different because I was hearing you with your chat on Robbie uh, yesterday as well. Paddy McKenna pulled off a magnificent save that uh, might have got Carlo a goal. But, you know, yeah. if that had to go in, maybe things might have been a little different, might have shifted momentum a small little bit to your way. Well, listen, it was, it was 10 points to 6 at the time. It was just after half-time, Kieran got through and all jokes aside. You're talking about, you know, great saves. Like, that was a top-class save. Like, you know, that was an absolute, you know, Paddy McKenna made an outstanding save. But then towards the end, like, um, Brian Tracy made a great save also. But had that, it's all Eastern Ends now. Had that gone in, there would have been only a point in it. Like, but listen, the, the body language of Kildare, like, they were up for the game. After winning 10, after winning 10 on the trot, 
you know, their you know, their tails are up and they can and the man has them absolutely flying. Uh, David Herfield, like, you know, this one Kildare were the better team. They were Kildare were the better team by a mile beyond speaking like, light. But you have to give credit, you know, to the young lads to try to be in there the best they could and uh no, but uh, you'd often be missing one or two players, but to be missing that many players the one day is so unusual. But listen, hopefully it's onwards and upwards. You might have heard I was talking to Willie there earlier on about the footballers and how much support can really help them and they seem to be going very well at the minute. So uh, it's an away game we say against Kerry the next day but then the next home game is on Sunday the 26th of February and that is against Uh, Down. Down. Yeah, Yeah, and that's going to be vitally important. It is in Netwatch, Cullen Park. So a big crowd, Willie, there to support the lads and uh, give them as much uh, help and encouragement as they can would really be very welcome. Yeah. That's true. Like, and Down gave us that game. And Down finished with 13 players and were beat by either three or four points uh, in Ballycran there on either Saturday or Sunday. I, don't know which, uh, I think it was Saturday. But, you know, like, you know, that would have been a big result and, you know, to be depleted, you know, down to 13 players well to nobody to thank any of ourselves for that maybe. But, uh, you know, like Down... Like they won't, like they won't be that simple either. But Carlo beat them in the league already, or they beat them in the Cahoe Cup. They beat them by five points up in Abbottstown. So hopefully, you know. But hope the main thing is if we can get back, you know, most of the players. And another player like that has been massive for Carlo down through the years uh, is John Michael Nolan. John was on the bench there yesterday. He had some bit of a disc problem, I'm being told. But hopefully, like you know, maybe two or three weeks, and John Michael back also, and James Dyle and Paddy Bowl, and then. Conor Kehoe, you know, both Conor Kehoe and Chris Nolan like are playing with their uh, with their colleges. And in fact, I said yesterday that the Carlo IT game in Galway was on Wednesday. In fact, it's on Thursday evening. So I want to correct myself on that. But no, you know, those players are held up like with their respective colleges, and uh, like we wish them all the best. Also, oh, about to push the button there. Uh, we heard Colin O'Rourke at the weekend as well. I obviously given out about the singers in cup football and how much it was hampering. Uh, his preparations for the weekend as well. There's a lot of games on, Willie, between colleges, uh, the pre-season, etc. Is there nearly too many games on for the likes of the young fellas that's coming on, especially for the likes of Carlo, who has been depleted so much uh, within the last year to 18 months? Is it time to be really looking at pre-season games or moving the colleges even to before Christmas? Yeah, well, listen, I honestly don't know, but uh, there is a lot of games you know, where you have, uh, where you have, uh, you know, a kind of a limited, you know, number of players. And Carlo, like, you know, they all said 27 rate players. Like, it's, and, you know, and they're nearly all two players. Like, we have uh, three players on the team now at the one day under 20 football there, like, a few weeks ago. And, you know, to turn from football to colleges and to play inter county, it's difficult going. I know they're young and they're, and, you know, and they're full of, you know, there's a great pep in their step, but, you can only take so much. You know, there probably is a lot of competition. Maybe there's a little bit too many. Well, hopefully, keeping the fingers crossed that uh, Carlo can get a good result if uh, against Kerry. Um, you never know what can happen down in Austin Stack Park at the weekend. And then, as we said, a big vital game for the Carlo Hurlers is on the 26th of uh, February with a home game against down in Netwatch Cullen Park. And we'd certainly encourage everyone to get out and support the Carlo Hurlers that day as well. And let's try and keep them in uh, the Division 2A. 
Terence, as always, thank you very much for your insightful knowledge uh, to Carlo uh, Hurling. We know that you're so passionate about it and you speak so highly and so well as well. And no doubt that we will be following you along with yourself um, and the progress that the Carlo Hurlers have as they finish off their Alliance National League and then going into the Joe McDonough Cup later on as well. So, as always, thank you for taking time out on this bank holiday for joining me on Full Time and we will chat to you again soon. Yes, thanks, Martin. Thanks for having me on. All right, Martin. Thank you. Pleasure as always. That was the great Terence Kelly there talking all things Carlo Hurling. Now, it's time that we do a bit of sports roundup at the minute. So, in rugby terms, the Kilkenny Women's Elevens lost out to MU Barnell at the weekend, going down 12 points to 5, but picking up a a losing bonus point, rather. It means that the team stay on the top of the Division 4 with three games remaining, and they are five points clear of MU Barnell, who are currently in second place at the minute. On the soccer front in Kilkenny, in the Junior Intersport Division 1 League, Ormond Villa 1, St. Canis's 4, Highview Athletic A2, Dean Celtic 2, in the Junior KCLR McCalmont Cup, it was St. John's FC 0, Lions AFC 4. Evergreen B2, Thomastown United A3. In the Women's St. Canis's Credit Union League, it was Evergreen 0, Thomastown United 4. Mill Celtic 2, New Park 0. In the Carlow Soccer Front, in the Nationalist Premier Division, Vale Wanderers 2, Cressyard United 3. New Oak Boys 3, Killery Celtic 0. St. Patrick's Boys 3, Parkville United 2. And in handball news, there was lots of action that was going on over the last couple of weeks. Kyle Jordan was crowned 19 and under champion and Ava Ryan was also crowned 17 and under B champion in the uh, latest handball. Kyle has continued his great form in 2023 after winning the USHA Championships in San Francisco over Christmas, while Ava Ryan also continued her great form of late just before Christmas. Ava won her minor league final in January, won the county under-17 singles title and cop off grace two months. Ava won her first national title yesterday with a tie-break win over a very good player in Leah Ryan from Carlo. In the camogie end of things Loretto in Kilkenny had a narrow one point victory over the Earth line of Thurless on Saturday in the All-Ireland Senior A post-primary college's semi-final which means that the Loretto Kilkenny will play St. Patrick's of Mahara in the All-Ireland final in a couple of weeks time while Kaloshta Owen Ree of Callan will have to do it all over again after their draw with Lauren Hill FCJ from Limerick over the weekend. The score was tied, which means that that match has to go to a replay. Now, all things considering, that is the sports update. And we have been chatting all things Carlo. The only thing that we have to do next is we are going to have to talk to Oshin Langan. And I have been trying to get Oshin on the phone there with the last little while. And I can't actually get him at the minute. But while we are talking about that, um, obviously... The Laker Gale is going to be coming up this Thursday and Kilkenny's Owen and Dalton is going to be featuring on the Laker Gale uh 
programme that is on TG Cahar and that is going to be on Thursday evening. So if anyone is available to have a look in at it, and Dalton, I'm sure uh, it's going to be very interesting indeed. And who knows... Uh, what will come out of it, but um, a great player and Dalton has been um, and yeah, so just while we try and do that bear with me, don't go anywhere and we will be back shortly. I do have uh, the Come On, Con- Come On Kind podcast uh, producer in studio here with me because obviously the Come On Kind podcast is starting back later on this evening, but as I tried to get Oshin on the phone, we were in Dublin as well, obviously, at the weekend, getting an award for the Come On Kind podcast, and it was the Mick Dunn Memorial uh, Award that was presented to uh, ourselves here on KCLR. And while I try and get uh, Oshin on the phone, Lillian, tell us all about last Saturday evening in uh, Crow Park. It was a great night. Ken Maguire, head of sport, was up there along with you and I as well. And it was a, a great evening for KCLR. Sure, it was a great evening for KCLR, Martin, and a great evening for ourselves because never when we started the podcast did we think that we'd get an award for talking about something that we enjoy talking about and have a passion for and which we do voluntarily. And it's always great to be... um it's always great to be recognised, but particularly when you do it for something you love, it's brilliant. And it was a great night with a great crowd. And our county chair and county secretary also came to see us get our award with Ken. Lovely. Right. Sorry to cut you short, but we do have Oshin on the telephone line now, and I'm going to bring him in here. Oshin Langan, good evening. Good evening to you. Oh my God, what a hardship trying to get this phone to work and get you on uh, before I got in trouble for not doing it. But anyway, we have you here with us. You were on commentary duty at the weekend for Kilkenny's game against Antrim in Corrigan Park in very poor weather conditions. Tell us what the match was like up there. It was close, but not overly the uh, deck with quality but you'd understand that at this time of year and in those conditions there was a strong breeze blowing from what I'd call the clubhouse end the Milltown Cemetery and the White Rock Road end uh, down towards the Ballymurphy end and that made things difficult it was raining throughout the game sometimes it was heavy rain and that made it difficult on the players now they all worked hard there were some nice moments in it but it was what I would call a first game of the league and that's not to offend either team there was nothing either could do about it Antrim worked really hard at times Kilkenny matched them and showed a bit more quality and in the conditions it just kind of made things tough plus like Corrigan Park is 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 not a county ground I mean they tell you that themselves it does the job I think it's a place Antrim like playing because other teams find it uncomfortable there it's very tight as a pitch so it does make for the occasional scrappy encounter there's issues getting back into Caseman Park hopefully that will be resolved Corrigan Park the welcome is warm uh, the stand that they put up is magnificent but like it is a very very tight ground and that does have a bearing on the game um, it, it was tight throughout but you never got a sense that Kilkenny were going to lose um, Antrim led in the opening couple of minutes and I think that was the only time they led in the match and only once after that they put three scores together without reply Kilkenny always looked like they had more scores in them than Antrim but the thing is is Antrim will be disappointed with their performance. There was a lot of unforced errors and they gave away a good few frees. Now, I know Darren Gleeson wasn't particularly pleased about some of the decisions that went against them, but Kilkenny, when they got their frees, they nailed them. When they got inside the Antrim kind of 45 or when they got inside the opposition scoring zone, 
they nailed their scores and they got a goal earlier in the game uh, through Billy Drennan a, a really well taken goal after a fantastic catch and set up by Paddy Deegan Drennan still had an awful lot of work to do to finish it but he did ran took the shot on the go into the clubhouse end and bounced the pass Ryan Elliott who's a good goalkeeper not easily beaten but it was one of those ones that keepers hate and uh, it bounced past him and Nicky Walsh the, 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 the authority on that of course a, a two time All-Ireland winning goalkeeper with Kilkenny said yep keepers don't like those but uh, look it was it was close it was two points for Kilkenny it was a win in Belfast which is not always easy to achieve uh, Clare lost there recently Waterford got a big fight there recently they've had some big wins there so overall I think Derek Ling will be relatively happy especially when you consider there was a lot of young lads in that panel and starting team Oshin, I have to take a quick break don't go anywhere hold those thoughts and when we come back we're going to be talking about the young fellas that has started for Derek Sling's Chargers so don't go anywhere Oshin will be right back after this short break Keeping you in the game and in the know Full time on KCLR with Martin Quilty Yes, welcome back into my gremlin-filled full-time here in studio this evening. Uh, Oshin Langan is hopefully still on the line with me uh, to discuss Kilkenny's victory over Antrim in Corrigan Park at the weekend. Oshin, you were talking about Billy Drenning. Uh, he scored 1-6 there uh, yesterday as well. Derek Ling's under-20 chargers, he has... A mix of youth trying to bring these together with experience that has been there already. How do you see that working for him at the minute? Well, it started off well. I mean, did a decent enough Walsh Cup, but of course you can't really read into the World Cup, World Cup, Walsh Cup. Now is the time when maybe you can start looking and saying, okay, what kind of team plan does he have here? What kind of tactics does he want to employ? We saw a little bit of that on Saturday. You're not going to see everything in the first couple of weeks or even in the league campaign itself. You're going to see that in championship. But you will pick up a little bit. And there were times where they worked it through the lines and they went short. But they did go long when it was on. And I spoke to him after the game and he said, well, you want players to see what's on and 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 play what's on and make instinctive decisions on the pitch. Now, of course, a manager is not going to tell you after a game, yes, this is our game plan and this is exactly what we want to do for the rest of the season. But you mentioned the young players there. Aidan Tallis, uh, Niall Rowe, Billy Drennan, we've already spoken about, uh, a couple of others as well. Even a couple of young lads who've been around a while but are still young, the likes of like a David Blanchfield or a, a Keen Kenny. Uh, you know, they played well and you want to see, are they up for the battle? And they certainly seem to be. Like Mikey Butler was the young player of the year last year. So that suggests that he's still young. Callis in the goals impressed me. He was very, very solid. And like he was excellent last year as they won the under-20 All-Ireland. I actually watched uh, all of their games from that campaign last week in the lead-up. And the reason I did that is because as a, as a commentator, you want to be prepared by seeing the players that you're going to be watching as many times as you can in the lead into a game. And the under-20 matches nearly gave me more of an indication than watching last year's senior matches. There was, there was such a mix of under-20s and senior players. Uh, but they did, they did really well. And I think they got a sense of what it's all about by going to a full Corrigan Park. Now, the, the crowd never got on top of them. Sometimes when you go to Corrigan Park, and I've seen it before, the crowd gets in on top of you and it can be intimidating. Now, even if that happened, I think these young players could handle that. But, but, but that never really happened. But they quietened the crowd and they deserve credit for that. And keep in mind, they are going to have that experience again in the summer because Kilkenny have to go to Corrigan Park in the championship. So it was great for them to have a dress rehearsal. Paulrick Walsh, he really impressed Mickey Walsh on the day. And, uh, and me as well. He went back to centre-back. He, he, his, his hand was like a magnet for the slitter. He won every contest. He blocked up space. Uh, set up um, attacks. He was just immense. He was excellent. Um, 
and he wasn't the only one as well. Like Paddy Deegan battled hard as well. John Donnelly worked hard. Paul Cody went off at halftime, and now I don't know if that was an injury issue, but he did score two points. He is, the, I was going to say the prototype modern hurler, but if we're doing the thing where we copy what the champions are doing, which is, which is what happens in all sports. Now, I don't think Kilkenny have to do that. I think there's enough about Kilkenny that they can stick to their own values and their own kind of, they can trust what they're doing rather than looking and saying, well, what, what's everyone else doing? But Peter Cody is that kind of big man who can win ball and hustle and bustle at half forward, score two good points as well. So, and, and look, Joan sniped over three points. So there's, there's, um, there's a lot. Like, there's a lot to like about the squad. About Hugh Lawler, solid as well. And um, there's a lot to like. Like, there's no one in there that I would say on the the weekend played badly. Um, there's a couple of things you'd look at and say, okay, maybe they can improve in X, Y, and Z. But again, Martin, you know it yourself. It's early in the year. Like the league is now a preseason competition. Like in football, it's worth something. It's it's tied in to the championship. So your your league has to go well, or you're behind the eight ball. Not so much the case in hurling. We've seen that in the past with Limerick in the recent past. Like they were, People seem to forget after Saturday night. Cork beat them last year as well. Yet when it came to the championship time, look what Limerick did. Uh, Waterford won the league last year. Came to championship time, absolutely flopped. So, and, and look, I'm sure there's reasons behind that. But, I, look, I'd be, I'd be happy enough from the Kilkenny point of view if I was a Kilkenny supporter looking at the weekend's match. Yeah, and certainly a, a nice one to look forward to as well uh, on Sunday against Tipperary in UPMC uh, Nolan Park. Oshin, it has been a pleasure. I'm sorry I didn't get more time to chat to you. I had uh, envisaged we were going to be able to get to a couple of more things, but unfortunately, the way things went on me here this evening, time has really caught up on me. But thank you very much. I was listening to yourself and Mickey uh, doing the commentary over the weekend, and it really was yeah. brilliant to hear the two of you together. You know, you bounced off one another so well, and it was truly amazing so well done on that uh, and thank you for bringing us uh, all of the commentary and uh, hopefully we'll be listening to you again very soon Hopefully Martin if I can just say there's a lot of players in the Kilkenny and Carlo squads from the weekend involved in um, Fitzgibbon Cup action this week with SETU, Carlo and Waterford both of those matches involving those two teams will be streamed on the Electric Ireland YouTube channel. Perfect and I will certainly be one that is watching them as well. Oshin Langan, thank you so much for joining me on Full Time and we will be chatting to you again very very soon. Thanks Martin, my pleasure. Perfect, that was Oshin Langan. Up next we have Amy McLaughlin with Fully Loaded and then later on we are going to have Martin Bridgman at 10 o'clock. But don't forget that uh, KCLR is the only place where you can hear full live commentary of all the Alliance National Hurling League Leinster Championship and All-Ireland Series games here with ourselves, including the game against Tipperary that is on in UPMC Nolan Park on Sunday coming the 12th at 1.30pm. Right, that's a about it from me this evening. My thanks to all of our special guests, to uh, Willie, to Terence, to uh, Elena, who was here earlier on with me, and of course to Oshin Langan there as well, and for Lillian for stepping in when the Gremlins was going. I will be back again with you all going well next Monday, but for me, for the time being, have a great week and talk to you soon. Bye. Full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, Lahartz Volkswagen.ie.